So, uh, reading from uh, Luke chapter 5 and verses 27 uh, to 32. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Um, our church uh, purpose statement, which is going to become even more prominent uh, fairly soon, which is going to be in the passageway between the church lounge and the entrance area of the church on the wall there, opposite the lift. Um, it's already on our news sheet, it's on our website, but we want really to, for people to grasp uh, this, so we're going to put it in big bold letters there. Um, how Jesus, uh, sorry, let's get it right, helping people make a journey to know and to love Jesus is our purpose, helping people to make a journey to know and to love Jesus. Now this is becoming really relevant for us as a, as a church this term, because on the 8th of October, we begin a new venture with our youth group on a Sunday morning. Um, many of you will know that we run a Monday Emerge group and uh, we are inviting those children and their parents to Sunday Emerge. So it's really exciting. So beginning on October the 8th, um, we will have, we pray, uh, a number of new children here and we hope and pray even parents. But the parents are invited to stay, but if they don't want to stay, then they're welcome to drop off their children. But we're, what we're gonna to do to encourage interaction with the church, we're gonna encourage the parents and their children when they come to pick them up at the end to have coffee with us um, and just get to know us. Um, we already, well, Mark already organizes uh, with the team um, social events. Uh, for the parents and children of Emerge. And we want to kind of develop that um, on a Sunday to break down the barriers between the community and church and to welcome all people, which is exactly what Jesus would have done, isn't it? From this passage. So pray for um, that new beginning on October the 8th. It's really, really exciting. Can't wait for it to start. So it's important that we welcome and love people as Jesus did it, right? We need to learn from Jesus, who's the master of welcoming people. Uh, Jesus sat down to eat with all the wrong people, didn't he? Uh, all the people that religious people said you should never eat with, like tax collectors, um, who we'll see in that culture were really the lowest of the low. And so the model for us is we should welcome people, love them, be Jesus to them, whatever their background. Um, church history uh, demonstrates a number of lessons of how not to do it the Jesus way, right? Uh, some churches, uh, like the exclusive brethren, have sought to separate themselves as far as possible from non-believers. 
fearing that they will be contaminated by those who they deem to be impure. This can even extend to avoiding contact with family members who are not part of the exclusive brethren and certainly would include excommunication or sort of discipline against those who do not keep the strict set of rules set by the leaders. The result of that kind of church is a very judgmental community where truth is very important, but where rules are probably even more important. A church which lacks mercy, love, forgiveness, and compassion. In other words, they haven't balanced the Jesus who is full of grace and full of truth. If you get one side of those without the other, you get into trouble. And on the other side, there have been and continue to be liberal or progressive churches that are so inclusive that there is no or little talk of sin, repentance and holiness. And the result of these churches is that they look no different from any other community group. The same um, entrenched patterns and habits and sin that you see in the community, the same politics and sort of uh, stuff that goes on in secular workplaces and community groups just enters the church. And people are not encouraged to grow to become more like Jesus because we don't wanna be judge, judging of others. Well, Jesus shows us a better way. Jesus was, according to John's gospel, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus loved people and welcomed them from all backgrounds, but he loved people enough not to leave them where they were in their brokenness, but to call them to a new way of life. That's the balance, you see, between truth and grace. Uh, you won't be surprised, there's three ways that Jesus helps us to uh, welcome people in the way that he welcomed them and loved them. First, the invitation to follow Jesus excludes no one. Second, we need to demonstrate love in the church before people will believe and commit. In other words, they need to see love in action before they will commit and believe in Jesus. Third, following Jesus includes the call of the gospel message for people to repent. It's an old word, isn't it? We'll get to that in a minute. And leave the old life behind, right? Leave the old life behind. So first, here we go. The invitation to follow Jesus excludes no one. Verse 27, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at the tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. Now, in the ancient world in which Jesus lived, you don't get much lower than a tax collector. But Jesus saw Levi and called him to follow him. Now, if you read this in Matthew's gospel, the tax collector is called Matthew. Well, the easiest um, explanation is just as Simon had two names, Simon Peter, Matthew has two names, Levi and Matthew. Don't know which way round they went, but commentators agree that their two names were common in that ancient culture. So the same story. Anyway, what was so wrong about tax collectors? Well, no one likes the tax office here particularly, do they? Unless uh, an envelope. What? One of those rare times 
Usually when you see a tax office letter, your heart sinks, doesn't it? And you open it and you think, this isn't going to be good news. Um, but there are, dare I say, rare occasions when the tax person decides that you've paid too much tax. And then you undo the envelope and there may be a little bit of rejoicing. Um, it, it just doesn't happen very often, does it? I think, though, we'd probably stop short of accusing tax office workers here being the worst kind of immoral people, wouldn't we? Um, tax collectors, though, at the time of Jesus were known for their corruption. They deliberately overtaxed people and they kept the rest. Um, it was just came with the job. It was part of the unassumed job specification. And they also worked for the Romans, enemies of the Jews. So these people were pretty low down the social pecking order, right? They were corrupt. They worked for the enemy. And by calling Levi to follow him, Jesus shows that no one in our culture, society, is off limits from being invited to follow him, right? So I don't know, if you were to think of someone who's equivalent in our culture, they're not off limits, right? To Jesus saying, come and follow me. The message of the gospel, the invitation of Jesus is for everyone, right? Without exception. Um, so people with serious addictions are invited to follow Jesus. People who are in same-sex relationships are invited and welcomed by Jesus, right? Hello? Yes. Some of you don't look sure. People who haven't got their lives together are invited to follow Jesus. I feel as though I'm preaching to someone in a foreign language here. Is it, are we okay? Okay, good. You're with me. Okay. <laughs> good. Second, we need to demonstrate love in the community of the church before people will believe and commit to Jesus. This is really important. Verse 29. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. All the wrong crowd again, eating with Jesus and Levi, right? <laughs> Eating was a big deal. We have a, an amazing uh, catering team here, uh, led, I mean, you know, led by Janine and Barbara and Mark is an amazing cook. And today we have a, a meal for new and newish members after the service. Wonderful opportunity to bring people together and get to know each other. So we thank you, Mark, for cooking in advance. I know it's going to be great. Jesus ate with all the wrong people. Um, he ate with Pharisees who were sinners, right? The Pharisees were sinners because although they kept the law of God scrupulously, they were judgmental and self-righteous when it came to others, right? You can be very religious and be a sinner because you are judgmental and self-righteous, right? That's sin. 
But there are also obvious and blatant sinners, we'll get to her next week, in the sinful woman in Luke chapter 7, who came and gate-crashed the party again and poured out a jar of perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped the, her tears away with her hair. It's all very uncouth and undignified, but Jesus welcomes her. And then he welcomes sinners like me and you as well. Just as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you see, people who are seeking faith will only consider belief in Jesus and only consider turning away from a life without God if they see a church that is safe, loving, welcoming towards them, right? Uh, here's how not to do it, by the way. <laughs> here's how not to welcome people. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Like Levi, like the sinful woman in Luke chapter 7. I would want to say to the, uh, to the Pharisees, why do sinners like you think you should be at this party? You see, the Pharisees were critical of Jesus because they saw Jesus as breaking the convention of the purity laws. Jesus was a Jew, and by eating with Gentiles and sinful people, he was bringing, in their view, contamination, impurity on himself, right? The Pharisees were a strict sect. They believed that God would only bless Israel again and restore Israel if the people got their act together and kept all the purity laws the washing of hands, who you ate with, eating the right type of food, all that stuff. But Jesus comes along and he has come to fulfill the law, to take the law to another level. And Jesus sits down and eats with the very people that the Pharisees believe are beyond the pale and impure. No longer then do you need to keep purity laws to be part of God's people. You can be part of God's people by following Jesus. It's good news, isn't it? Um, now here's, here's the bit that we need to take to heart, folks. This is a word to us, if ever there was one. Take it on board. If we are judgmental and critical of people, just as the Pharisees were, don't be surprised when people don't come back. You criticize someone's clothing as inappropriate, or if you don't like the look of someone, they don't fit your social group, and you don't bother to talk to them because you're more comfortable with the people you talk to. If you look away when somebody tries to catch your eye because you're not comfortable around them, Body language is just as important as the words we use or don't use, right? You know this stuff. So we need to start doing it as a church, don't we? This is the word of the Lord. Don't criticize people who don't fit your social convention. It's not your job. The Holy Spirit is here to convict people 
and to draw them to Jesus. That's not your job. You're not here to be the sin police. You're here to welcome people and show them grace, just as Jesus did, right? Otherwise, I don't want to be a church full of Pharisees. Do you want to be part of a church of Pharisees? I don't. Religious and yet judgmental, unwelcoming, lacking grace and love. I don't want to be part of a community like that. We need to allow the Holy Spirit through the preaching of the word and through courses like Alpha to bring conviction in people's lives. Let God do the work of turning hearts towards Jesus. It's not our job to go around critiquing people. It's not. You know from your own experience of family members how easy it is to put people off church, right? Some of you have got family members who've been put off church because a thoughtless, critical, careless, unloving, unwelcoming comment was made, right? Let's be honest. It's not good enough. We're the church of Jesus. Let's not condemn people before they've even started on their journey of following Jesus. Let's be full of grace. And let's let the truth of God's word penetrate people's hearts as the Holy Spirit determines, rather than us thinking we've got to go around and bring conviction. No, incorrect. Some churches become judgmental and non-welcoming because they're concerned, like the Pharisees, about becoming contaminated with impurity of worldly values and influences. Folks, this is an Old Testament view of purity. I did a lot of reading this week. In the Old Testament, it mattered who you ate with. Generally, the outsider to Israel was not welcome to eat with Israel because in the Old Covenant, it was about boundary markers, right? It was about circumcision, keeping the law. And one of those boundary markers of keeping the law was you didn't eat generally with non-Jews. You kept the purity laws to remain in that covenant relationship with God. So do you remember Daniel and his friends, they're taken away into captivity and they refused to eat the food that the king offered them, right? Because they didn't want to submit to his values, to his kingship. They were under covenant reign and rule from God, not from the king of Babylon. So they refused to eat the food at the king's table because they would have been contaminated by impurity. But then Jesus comes along and he turns those purity laws on their head. You see, Jesus was the totally pure one who fulfilled the law and superseded the law and took the law to another level, right? No, look, Jesus is not contaminated by sinners and outsiders. Rather, his holiness, his grace is contagious of them. Right? He doesn't get impure from contact with people. Rather, his purity spreads and is contagious towards them. He reverses the flow of God's grace, do you see? Somebody's called it Craig Blomberg in his book, I love this title, Contagious Holiness. I love that. Not contagious sin, contagious holiness. When Jesus sat down to eat with tax collectors and sinners and all the wrong people, 
His purity, his loveliness, his grace, his forgiveness was contagious. I love that. Um, an illustration is if you put a little candle in a large dark room, you will still see the flicker from the little candle. No matter how much darkness is there, the candle will never be extinguished. And it's the same. Just let your little light shine. Remember that one? <laughs> We're not singing it, but you know it. You in your small corner and I in mine. If we shine, we will transform the darkness. We will change people's lives because they will be drawn like a moth to a flame to Jesus in us and through us, right? So it works. Light transforms darkness. Jesus transforms sin and brokenness, and he replaces it with forgiveness and grace and mercy and welcome. Yeah, amen? And healing. This is our role now as the people of God to bring transformation to the lives of people who are broken and lacking meaning and purpose to call people to leave behind the old life and to follow Jesus, right? Third point, I'm, I'm at the end. You'll be pleased to know because it's hot. Third, following Jesus includes the call of the gospel message for people to leave sin behind. Notice how Levi left everything behind to follow Jesus. Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Now, when you become a Christian, you don't have to pack your job in. It's not a prerequisite. Unless, of course, you're called to go and do something else. Some people are. Some people become Christians like Levi and they leave it all behind and they go and follow Jesus. And Jesus is then their vocation. They're on mission straight away. For most of you, that's not what happens. Some are thinking, oh, blow. <laughs> For most of you, that's not what happens. We just get a. Uh, we get sort of uh, retreaded like a tire, don't we? Remolded, and Jesus makes us a new person to serve in the same place that we were before, and to be light and transform the darkness in the classroom, or the university, or the school, or the office, or the shop. Um, wherever you are, Jesus calls you to bring transformation as light in the darkness. But Levi gave up his job. And the reason he did that is because being a tax collector was so bound up with corruption and sin that he wanted to show everybody that he's starting a new life. So he chucked it all in. And this was a big deal because he wouldn't get his job back with the Roman authorities in charge. If you chuck that job in, that was it. You were without money. He was following Jesus and he had no uh, source of income. He didn't know how he was going to pay the bills, right? So he follows Jesus. For him, it was a complete brand new start. And for all of us who follow Jesus, it's a brand new start. It's a change of direction. I've used this illustration before, but repentance is walking in one direction. I'm not going to march today. It's walking in one direction, and it's an about turn to go in completely the opposite direction. All of us we're walking once in the wrong direction, away from God, doing our own thing. It's called self-centeredness or sin. When we repent, we decide we're going to turn away from that direction, living for ourselves, and we follow the way of Jesus, right? To repent is a change of heart, change of will, 
change of mind, change of direction in every aspect of life. You might be, you'll still be in the same family, you'll still probably be living in the same street, you'll still have the same job, but it's your attitude, your value system has changed because you're now following Jesus. You're under new management, right? I wonder, some of you sitting there, you've heard uh, the gospel preached loads of times. I want to ask you today, have you ever changed direction and made a decision to follow Jesus? To give up the old life of living for yourself and to turn around and follow Jesus, to say to Jesus, I want you in the driving seat. I want you to be my Lord and King. If you haven't, can I invite you today to pray, stay behind after the service, get the job done, stop putting it off. Jesus is calling you, inviting you, follow me, leave the old life behind, follow me into this wonderful, faith-filled, joy-filled, full life of forgiveness, freedom that goes on into eternity. Why don't you make that decision today? What's holding you back? Come and join Jesus in his mission. It's exciting. It's joyful. It's full of meaning and purpose. You won't regret it. I never have. Levi celebrated his about turn, his repentance, by throwing a party. Everything changed for him. And at some point, the preaching of the word has got to call people to repentance. It's all very well saying the, the cross is wonderful. The grace of God, God offers forgiveness. But to enter fully into a life as, as a Christian, you've got to make a decision to turn around from living for yourself to living for King Jesus, submitting to him, living under his lordship. Repentance is necessary. It's a big deal. It's given up all the values and priorities of your old life and saying, Jesus, that hasn't brought me joy, satisfaction, meaning, purpose. I believe that you are life in all its fullness. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And I turn away to love and serve and follow you. That's what you need to do. You come to the cross, you confess your sin, and you turn away, you repent from the old life, and you turn to follow Jesus. It's what becoming a Christian is all about. So that's where the full of grace and full of truth comes in. Do you see? I uh, brought a couple of props today. We are called to be peachy. If I move away from the mic, people won't hear me, so I better. A peach. Anybody like peaches? I know some of you are allergic and this, this won't land, but hey, I'm going with it. <laughs> I think peaches are good. Uh, the reason they're good is because they're juicy. Mmm. Oh, man. Can I? I just apologise. I've only got four. So, I'm sorry. They're messy. But they're tasty. I'm enjoying this. Mmm. They're soft. Can I get the pip out? No, I'm not. I'm going to make a mess. Have you noticed that a peach is soft on the outside, 
but there's a there's a core in the middle we are called to be soft and welcoming as a church right tasty interesting juicy even messy church can be messy can't it when you've got people of all backgrounds but we do hold to a core of truth in the middle right do you get it it's a good illustration we don't we don't bend to the world's standards and values we hold to a core of truth jesus was both full of grace soft juicy welcoming but full of truth we're calling people away from a life of self-centeredness and sin to a life of truth in following jesus so we want to be peachy we don't want to be coconutty coconuts i'm gonna we're gonna have some of this later at a principle coconuts are well i might offend some of you by this coconuts are hard and uh, quite frankly then i don't know the flesh isn't very tasty it's not very interesting these this is the pharisees right hard on the outside you can't get in you can't get into the church because they're hard they've got all these rules that they won't allow you in and when if you do ever get in it's boring and uninteresting and tasteless on the inside <laughs> right is this landing the only thing you'll remember from this sermon is is a peach and a coconut and that's okay i'm happy with that let's not be coconutty hard and boring and rule laden let's be peachy right jesus strikes the balance between being full of grace and full of truth we don't jesus loved people not to leave them where they were he didn't leave levi in a corrupt broken role as a tax collector he called him to follow him to give it all up and jesus calls everyone to give up the old life of self-centeredness and to follow him that will mean leaving some lifestyle issues behind it'll mean giving things up habits patterns of living that are not in line with god's truth right because jesus wants us to have fullness of life as god designed it he wants us to be peachy tasty taste and see that the lord is good just saw, thought of that jesus doesn't condone sin but he comes to call sinners to repentance jesus has come for all those people who haven't got their lives together hello <laughs> that's me anybody else oh, there's a few of you who got your lives together that's good to see i'm not one of them Jesus has come for all the broken, the marginalized, the misfits, the ones who don't fit in, the ones who don't look right, the ones who don't come from the right social background, the ones who know they need God's help, Jesus has come for especially, right? Are you somebody that knows that you need God's help and mercy? Are you somebody that knows that life without God feels empty and missing something? why don't you turn and follow jesus he welcomes everybody 
anybody from every background. Doesn't exclude anyone, does it? So let's be a church that welcomes and loves everyone and prays for them. Let's love people into the kingdom. And let's allow the word of God to call people to leave their old life behind and to follow Jesus. Let's get rid of the Pharisee in us, the judgmental nature in us, the self-righteous tone in us. Let's get rid of it. Let's, let's condemn it and repent from it. Now, I'm not saying there aren't other sins that we need to turn away from, but I think in the church, Phariseeism is one of the worst, most contagious and obnoxious, toxic sins that can be. Jesus wants to heal us. He wants us to repent of judgmentalism and Phariseeism. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Jesus, we want to be peachy. We don't want to be like coconuts. Lord Jesus, forgive us that sometimes as a church, we've been more like Pharisees. We've been hard and unwelcoming. Lord, we've made it all about truth and we've been judgmental and critical of others and we've put them off, Jesus. Lord, we're sorry. Have mercy on us for our sin. We repent, we turn away from self-righteous condemnation and we turn to Jesus who welcomed the sinners who came to call not the healthy, but the sick. Lord Jesus, may we be those who call the sick, those who know they need help to faith and repentance. May we welcome them and love them into the kingdom. Lord, forgive us for our sin. Lord, we wanna be a loving, welcoming community who call people to turn and follow Jesus and to find new life and forgiveness. Help us to be a community, Lord Jesus, who are full of grace and full of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, there was only one song really that I felt we should sing, and that was uh, Graham Kendrick's, uh, which talks about love one another um, as Jesus has uh, loved us. So let's stand to sing this as a response song.
Some of you, I believe, are being called and invited to follow Jesus today. Today. So I would just ask that you stay in here uh, while others go through uh, next door. And if that's you, I want to I I invite you to, to uh, just pray with a Christian, a prayer of confession and repentance, where you turn away from living for yourself and turn to follow Jesus. If that's you, make it today make it today don't put it off because jesus loves you and he wants you to follow him today and enter into joy and fullness of life today why put that off tomorrow if you'd like prayer for anything else please remain in here otherwise please do make your way through for tea and coffee drinks next door lord let us love one another jesus in the way that you have loved us as we leave this place let us demonstrate in word and deed the love of jesus amen